Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You might think, why would anyone go into a draft, especially a best ball draft, the end of February, leap year, leap day, and specifically try to draft a zero running back team? I like to let the draft come to me, they might say. But that's no fun. We're here to test out some strategies and see if we can go into a draft, especially with you sickos, and draft a zero running back team that can win the big board on underdog here tonight. So we're going to try to do prayers up zero RB. Let's do it. Hello. Good evening. Happy Thursday. If you're, with us live, um, riding solo tonight. Shout out, shout out to Rob. But uh, wanted to try out something specific tonight. As you see with the thumbnail, as you heard with the intro, <clears throat> you hear a lot about if you're drafting a bunch of best ball teams, if you've consumed best ball content, you've probably even heard uh, myself talk about these types of, of not necessarily strategies, but uh, draft practices like the phrase i mentioned in the intro letting the draft come to me and i agree a lot of a lot of elements of that are very much true in best ball but i also believe that a lot of what is most helpful in terms of winning a best ball tournament has a lot more to do with the tactics that you specifically target the things that you know you want to put into play in a in a given draft and more specifically across your portfolio of teams right so we're going to draft in the big board tonight on underdog and this will apply as well for best ball mania over the summer um the drafters best ball championship DraftKings, millie maker whatever right ffpc all of those tournaments <clears throat> your best ball strategy is not only tied to 
I popped up, right? I got my phone right here. I sat down on the couch. I popped up my phone as I about almost drop it. I popped up my phone and I said, I'm going to draft the team. Let's see. Oh, I got the 103. Cool. I'm just going to take whoever is available at the 103. Oh, now we come back around to the second round. Who's the highest available player there? Sometimes it is that simple. Sometimes it does make the most sense to do that, but not always. I want to have a plan of attack for a best ball tournament that isn't always just what is playing out for me in that draft. And I know sometimes that sounds counterintuitive. You say, well, I want to take the best ADP values in that draft. I want to take what the draft gives me. And sometimes that, like I said, even within this draft, that may happen. There may be a fall or a falling, probably won't be a falling wide receiver, um, but there may be a falling running back or a falling tight end that does fit my strategy, this zero running back strategy that I'm employing tonight. That I, it, it, and so it all comes in, you know, everything comes together. I'm drafting this particular structure because I believe this structure is advantageous. Or the other thing that nobody ever talks about is how do I know? If I want to try and draft more like more zero running back teams, less zero running back teams, who to draft within specific zero running back teams without doing it. And sometimes you do just have to say, look, if I get this, we're, we'll, we'll draft in just a minute. I get the 101. I'm not taking Christian McCaffrey. I'm taking a wide receiver. And I know that that feels very uncomfortable. And if you are drafting with limited entries, I think – this may not be the thing for you, but I think if you're taking this game serious and you're going to draft a lot of teams, you have to be willing to, I'm this team. I'm not tossing this team in the trash. I'm going to draft a team that I think can win, but you have to be willing to say, Oh shoot. You know, I got the one Oh one, but I really want to draft. I want to test out a, this strategy tonight. I had last summer. Um, <clears throat> if you consumed our, our content or, or my content, I de- developed a strategy that I don't totally love any anymore, but I, I I tested it out for quite a while called the triple option. Okay, so the triple option was uh, essentially late round quarterback and late round tight end in the same on the same team, taking three quarterbacks and three tight ends on that team, but then correlating the quarterbacks and the tight ends. So think. Um, and here's the first example is absolutely terrible, but Derek Carr and Juwan Johnson, right? Right. And all these examples are going to be terrible because they all sucked, but <laughs> Ryan Tannehill and Chigo Conquo, right? Sam Howell. And uh, at, at a certain time, if you ask me, I was taking Cole Turner and another time I was taking Logan Thomas, but taking both of those strategies, I went into the draft and I said, I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm drafting this triple option. And so it didn't matter if Lamar Jackson fell 10 picks past ADP and someone might say, you're an idiot. Just take him when he falls. And I think that that's totally valid. But I also think the only way that we can figure out some of these things is by, is by trying them. And so uh, zero running back is one that's a little more natural, of course, of course for me, but I wanted to see if we set out to try to draft something. Um, Kind of how how it will go specifically on a stream where you crazies are going to be in here, uh, probably probably screwing this up. Quickly, we're going to run through the chat and then um, if if this is your what a if you've watched before, well, we started on the Monday episode, the Monday live stream, myself and Rob. We're going to try to answer your questions. You know, 10, 15, 20, whatever, thirty minutes to kick off the show. 
in our Spike League Discord, which there is a link in the description for you to join. It's totally free. In the live streams and media channel, every time we have a show, you can post a question. If you have a question, we will answer it. Excuse me. Assuming we can get to all of them, we'll answer it before we hop in the draft that night. So hang out with you sickos for just a second. And then I want to pop over to those questions because we got a few good ones that also relate to the subject tonight. So that works really well. Of course, Melch, shout out, shout out Melch. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. What beer are you drinking? Uh, steak sounds pretty good. I actually got one I'm going to make tomorrow. Happy Thursday, Thursday. Got to leave yourself out with stacks like in poker. Got to leave yourself out with stacks like in poker. Yes, love this. This this was <clears throat> part of that triple option that I was talking about. Thinking about, I, I we're really going to get Galaxy brained here, but what that triple option did and what tonight I think we'll do with zero running back is it like it's not even so much the team that I'm going to draft tonight. I think it's going to be awesome. It is the process of doing exactly what uh, Demo Zone is that right? Demo Zone, Demo Zone says we got to leave yourself out to something, or what I what I like to phrase as thinking about the draft from the back to the front, as opposed to the let the draft fall to you is is kind of like I'm just going to take what's happening at the beginning and see how this goes. Thinking about what I like at the end of the draft or in the middle or whatever, thinking about what is going to happen later in the draft informs my early decisions. So this zero running back concept isn't just, this actually isn't the first time, right, that I've done this. At the end of the summer of last season, uh, and uh, shout out to the people who are going to hate this, but guess what? They're going to hate this. There was a point where I was drafting all three of the of Ram, all three Rams, meaning Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, and and Tutu Atwell. So two out of three ain't bad, I guess. Uh, I was drafting my plan before, like the moment I got in the draft was I wanted all three of those Rams on that team. They were like last ish round picks, right? But I knew that I wanted them. I knew that I probably had to take them a little bit earlier than the last three rounds. But I knew, okay, well, there's two wide receivers and there's a running back. So what does that mean? Like, what do I do in the first couple of rounds when I know I'm going to be trying to take those guys at the end? That's kind of what we're this this exercise that we're doing here tonight. It isn't about even some of the stuff I've already said, like go in with this plan of attack, whatever. It's kind of about the 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 skills that helps you sharpen by going in and saying, I I know. Right. I set my rankings or I listened to Eric or I listened to Rob or I listened to Eric and Pat talk. And they said, oh, you know, they convinced me that. Um, whatever, Troy Franklin is. So I know when I get around this, I want Troy Franklin. What does that mean? I want to take Troy Franklin maybe on to, on a team where he could land. Right. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm pulling up the mock drafts. Like, oh, Chiefs. What about Troy Franklin to the Chiefs? So I end up taking Mahomes, right? Whatever. I'm, I'm making I'm totally spitballing, making something up. But this, the like thinking about this and experimenting with this, I really think helps make you a better drafter as opposed to 95% of our, probably more, of our opponents, when they draft, they sit down, they say, I want to draft. And I just grab my phone, I open up the app, 
I'm like I do what I like what I said earlier. Okay, we got the 110. What are we doing here? Oh, look, so and so who I like fell to the one to Bijan's here at the 110. I take Bijan. Next guy falls here. And they just kind of like they're a passenger to the draft as opposed to the one behind the wheel. And and I think sometimes that can be fine, but I also want to be the guy behind the wheel sometimes, specifically because a big portion of our best ball plan of attack for a tournament is we have goals of how we want to attack that tournament that that you know the 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 draft gods don't necessarily give us all the time but I don't want to get to the we get to the end of the summer or this by the NFL draft and we say I wanted to draft this many zero running back teams but I kept getting you know the sixth overall pick I kept taking Brees whatever and the next thing you know you have very few zero running back teams it was like well you believed you you believe passionately that zero running back was a big edge for you, and you don't have very many zero running back teams strictly because of the variance of where you're picking. But no one forced you to take Brees Hall. No one forced you to take Bijan Robinson. No one forced you to take Jameer Gibbs. You did it. Not them. No one else. And so there's this like push-pull on the whole let the draft come to you, but also implement the, what I always like to call the exploitative strategy. I'm trying to exploit the market based on these things I believe about the market. And I think zero running back is an edge. So whether or not I get the 101 or the 108 or the 112, it it, it actually doesn't matter that much if I believe in the things that I believe in about the edges that exist um, in the market. Um, all right, sorry. GM, GM. Hey, Steph, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> Felix majority of my teams are zero RB this year as Steph says unsurprisingly Felix's teams are zero RB because Najee now fits the zero RB structure what a uh, what a surprise Shuby shout out Shuby I did a draft today where I drafted uh, Amari Cooper Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman on the same team talk about uncomfortable yeah you're clearly comfortable being uncomfortable another one of our uh, best ball best ball cliches Jonathan do the Jonathan, we love you, but he says, do the triple option with only two quarterbacks. You just ruined it. It's the fucking triple option for a reason. The triple option, not the double option. It's the triple option. If it were the double option, we could do it with two quarterbacks. I spent good time thinking about that name, okay? I'm proud of that name. I haven't accomplished a lot in this best ball space. We haven't shipped one of these tournaments, haven't been lucky enough to do that. But I'm proud of that triple option name. Don't you dare try to take it from me. Okay. Um, ben, Benjamin, I see your question. I'll be right back to it. Al, welcome. Jonathan, draft Friday and Saturday nights on DraftKings free money. I totally agree. Hoosier, good evening. I'm here to get learned, learned it, learned it, learned it. Uh, I don't know if I'm the right guy for that, but uh, uh, we shall see. Shuby says, this was my biggest learning point from Best Ball Mania 2. At the end of the summer, my expo. this is... You just nailed this. At the end of the summer, my exposures were entirely dictated by guys who fell in my drafts, and I hated it. It wasn't the guys that I wanted, right? That's why the whole ADP value or the whole letting the draft fall to you is push-pull. It's important. We want to take fallers and take advantage of draft rooms when the draft rooms give us things to take advantage of. But we also want to take advantage of the things that we believe are exploitable for that season, right? 2024 has things that we believe are exploitable, whether or not the room gives them to us, we are allowed to take them. And whether we take them at pick 130 or pick 145, 
who gives a shit? It really doesn't matter. At, when we look back, right, when we're in week 12 of the season, do you think you are going to look back and be mad that you took the guy at pick 130 instead of pick 145? Of course not. Absolutely not. If you had Kyron Williams on your team last year, do you care if he was pick 160 or pick 215? Not at all. You don't care. Do you care? Brees Hall, when he's smashing down the stretch, when he's catching 14 passes in a game, do you think that you cared if you got him at pick 36 or pick 46? Like, of course not, right? Lamar Jackson was on my best team and scored the most points at quarterback in week 17. Do you think I cared whether I got him in the middle of the third round or the beginning of the fourth round? No, not at all. You just want the guys. Now you want to, there's, there's levels to that, but I think that that thesis is, uh, is the point. <laughs> we will Andrew one quick second, one quick second. Um, the quest, couple quick questions. Uh, big country says, what traits, what traits do you look for more on a running back on a zero RB team relative to hero, you know, duo, superhero, whatever you want to call them, right? A team where you're drafting early running backs versus a team where you are drafting um, zero, you know, a zero running back team like we're going to draft here. This is a funny one that my thoughts have evolved a lot over. And the answer for me personally, almost no difference. Almost no difference. Um, and I think that was one of the biggest flaws I had in my game was a and I am very much a zero running back bro, but being a zero running back bro, I would say when I'm drafting zero running back, I put my zero running, right? Okay. I put my zero running back hat on when I'm drafting zero running back. And I said, I got to take, I got to take Jalen Warren on this team. And I got to take this rookie. I got to take Devin Achan on this team. And I got to take, uh, but I got to take a, you know, I got to take this one of these veterans, one of these, I got to take Samaj P. Ryan. Right. I need how many times have you heard me or anyone say I got to take Samaj P. Ryan because I'm drafting a zero running back team and I need the early season production. Those are the guys that I would have said maybe even last year. Or the year, certainly probably the year before or definitely the year before that, I would have said I need to take that Samaj P. Ryan on this team because I need that early season production. What I have learned is that trying to guess when production happens, particularly on players who you're not that excited about, like from a, like in the grand scheme of things is like a total fool's errand. Um, <clears throat> I'm drafting the players that I want to draft and letting the scores layer in how they're going to layer in. If like you can get backup running backs scoring points in week one, I'll never forget how many years ago was this? Do you remember when Malcolm Brown was on the Rams? Um, I believe he was the backup running back of the Rams maybe like four years ago, five. I, I'm dating myself. And I, I Jesus, I, I, I had a hefty amount of Malcolm Brown, which actually didn't work out well, but that he was on a lot of zero running back teams because he was the Rams backup running back. And so it was like, I need to, I need to get my backup running backs through for the first month or month and a half or whatever. So I would draft X, Y, Z, you know, crappy veteran early and not early. Right. But right. Eighth round, my running back is some veteran, you know, dead zone ish back, whatever miles Sanders of last year. 
And then Malcolm Brown scored two touchdowns in week one. And I'm like, you know, I'm like victory lapping around like crazy. But then you're also like, I just screwed up. Like I actually hurt myself because of the players I took alongside Malcolm Brown. Um, yeah, exactly. Who's your diva says, who the hell is Malcolm Brown? Uh, but I, I think it, that's such a good question. And I think there are archetypes of players that we want to draft and archetypes of players we want to draft less or don't want to draft at all. And I actually think the running from the running back perspective, especially like, I don't worry. I don't worry about it too much. Um, the first, you know, part of the, the best ball game advancement is the least important part, the easiest part. And the part where like, I, I just need the hits. Like if I, if I score the eighth most points in week one amongst my league, like I, it's fine. If I, if I'm in eighth or ninth through the first month, like it's fine if my guys just come on and I have, and I have Kyron and I have a Chan and I have Moster and I have whatever, right. Uh, I have those guys like I'm going to, I'm going to advance. It's fine. It's fine. If I don't score, if I'm not leading, if I, I could have a 0% advance rate in the first month. And if my guys come on, like it's, 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 it's fine. But also I, I can be in first, like these guys can pop off early, right? Kyron Williams was a superstar to start the season. Malcolm Brown scored two touchdowns. Apparently it's just Rams. Uh, it's just Rams running backs, but like backup running backs score touchdowns. Like, and like, especially on zero running back, your wide receivers are carrying you anyway. So stop drafting players. You don't want on teams because you're worried about week three. You know what I mean? Like let week three happen, draft the best players. It's kind of my, uh, my, uh, my general, my general thesis. Yeah, I know the combine is going on. I saw some prize picks stuff being posted by different people. Thor Nystrom, Thor, I apologize if I screwed up your name. Uh, uh, is great. Posted some really great stuff. I, I think uh, I forget who it was that they had. Blake Corum was posted with like an over under four three something forty, which was absolutely hilarious. Uh, there was a few. I missed them. I missed them. I haven't been following closely but i have been i have had the combine on it is a wonderful time in sports it is a wonderful time in sports uh you guys know me i'm a big f1 fan it's opening weekend in formula one i'm very excited about that i'm very excited about the combine college basketball is getting down to the nitty-gritty i'm super excited about that so it's a it's a it's a good time last question really quick and then we're gonna hop into uh this this draft uh just Remind me, Steph. Steph says she took Troy Franklin and Xavier Worthy under four four, meaning they need to run four, you know, four three nine nine, or faster. Uh, I hate the the higher, lower, or more or less or whatever is so triggering as someone that you know was grinding uh, 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 bets on like five dimes back in the day. It's like just put just put the market up there and let me pick over or under, like. I just want the five dimes reduced juice back in my life. That's all. I mean, I would like a, I would like the modern day payouts of, you know, PayPal and bank account and credit and debit cards, not have to do net teller and stuff like that. Also aging myself now. That was like 15 years ago, betting on five dimes. But uh, yes, agreed. B Kurt, 
I opened up a, a F1 uh, Discord channel because me and B. Kurt are the only people that care about F1, but fun nonetheless. Melch asked, one more question. Melch asked, uh, what distribution of positions do you aim for in Zero RB? I love this one because I think what people do wrong about Zero Running Back is, uh, well, two things. What I did wrong before and what I think the market did wrong is they didn't take enough running backs. But then I also still hear people talking about uh, you know, like taking six wide receivers or something like that. Uh, when we get, you know, when it's an 18 round draft on underdog, my dream, what I draft most of my zero running back teams as two quarterbacks, seven running backs, seven wide receivers, and two tight ends. If I had my druthers in every single zero running back team, that's what it would be. Drafts don't always, right? The, the whole get, take what the draft gives you. The draft doesn't always give you that. Um, uh, so that is the most difficult part, but I'm going to lean into that structure myself specifically, even more so than um, like, and be more uncomfortable with the, the specific players that are on it. Like if my tight ends are a little bit more thin than I hoped, that's okay. Let's push it a little bit because I just truly believe within the structure that the, the seven running backs, the seven wide receivers is the perfect amount within an 18 round draft that gives you the ability to layer in those scores, the ability to have the wide receiver firepower to ping pong things around. Like I never would have gotten to where I got, got to where I got last year without having the seven wide receivers that I had. Like I would not have had George Pickens. I would not have had Zay Flowers. I would not, or, you know, I would not have had one of these guys that were like absolutely mandatory for me to make a run in best ball meaning, because even when you draft seven wide receivers, you're probably not going to hit on all of them. And even when you draft seven running backs, you're probably not going to hit on all of them. Certainly not when your first one is, you know, in round 10 or something. And so um, I'm willing to lose teams to the quarterback and tight end variance gods in order to optimize the teams. When my quarterbacks and tight ends come together again, I'll keep saying it. My best team last year, they finished 12th in best ball mania. My tight end one was Sam Laporta, which sounds great now because Sam Laporta goes at like ADP 29. Sam Laporta was like a 14th round pick. I drafted Sam Laporta and Cole Turner as my only two tight ends on a team that finished 12th in best ball mania. You might be wondering how the hell did that team even advance? It's like, well, I just use Sam Laporta score every week. My quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson. Okay, so you would naturally think this is a two quarterback team. But my second quarterback was Kenny Pickett. Never you, Kenny Pickett didn't contribute a single point to my team. I don't think Cole Turner did either. So I, I had the equivalent of a solo Lamar Jackson, solo Sam Laporta team, and I made my way all the way through. That is a an outlier of a team, but it can be done. It can be done. The power of that team was the fact that I had the seven running backs and I hit on a bunch of them, right? Achan's on that team. Kyron's on that team. Chuba's on that team. Algiers on that team. Uh, guys like that are all on that team. And then the wide receivers, right? I had Amon Ra, Waddle, Metcalf, Pickens, whatever. And like the wide receivers were fine. They were, they were just good enough, but I needed all seven. And so that's kind of what I'm, what I'm leaning into. Um, let's see here. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Madison, Madison is getting released. Not super surprising, but, uh, curious to see how that, uh, how that, how that works out. Um, all right. Shall we? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. 
Oh no. I joined when I jo- I'm glad that my screen wasn't shared. I need to zoom in. When I joined this draft, we were you see it's waiting for one. It was waiting for 11. Which I'm saying oh no because I know that it's all 11 of you psychopaths. <laughs> So that's fun. Let me see. Let's play around. Oh, that's not what we want. Uh, we'll go back to this normal one. Wow. That's that's terrible. I'm not going to lie. That's the la- what I was really hoping was to join and none of you fuckers get in here. <laughs> That's what I was really hoping for. Not 11. It's all of you guys. I see Steph in here. I see I see Shuby in here. I see Hoosier in here. I see uh, Al says he's in here. I assume BSP is in here. Melch is in here. It's all you guys. This is disgusting. This makes me legitimately sick to my stomach. Not to mention, I've, do I have the last pick? 110. Okay. Well... Uh, a Wilson is in here. Best Ballin is in here. This is when they when the the definition of friends and family is in the uh, dictionary. They they took a clip from this. Oh my God, BSP, BSP. No, no, let's go. No, let's go. BSP is in the draft of which I explained and rambled on for twenty minutes about how I'm going to intentionally draft a zero RB team and he doesn't take CMC at the one-to-one he takes C. he she sorry I assume it's he but it takes CD just tries to just tries to starve me out right away immediately this is not this is not the content I was hoping for I thought that this was going to be like a a fun thoughtful exercise of let's see if we can draft a zero running back team like there's going to be some of you in the draft it's just how it's going to work. I'm almost assuredly not the 12th person to enter the room. And some of you might be waiting, right? Like it might be half and half, half people who had already joined half of you guys and me. So be it. This is a fucking disaster. Yeah. <laughs> this is what if we all, <laughs> I should totally pivot and then change the thumbnail after but uh, Hoosier, can we all? Everyone's gonna draft zero RB. Definitely. This is sh- this is BSP says I got to read the room. That's a hundred percent nailed it. I agree. I feel I feel okay at the one ten, at least for the first round. Bijan goes. All right, we'll take Puka. Cool with that. I'm gonna take Puka. Uh, I do need this. Got the draft hacker. Let's do. I'll do team. I'll do the team view on the hacker, and I need to go to the board and zoom out one. There we go. Nick, Nick likes Garrett Wilson. Oh, Shuby. Oh shit! I did not see that. Should we took Garrett Wilson at the 104? I was sitting here hoping Garrett Wilson would come back to me because I hadn't seen him go. God damn, look at this. Look at how green Kyron is. Isn't that green? Pretty? 
I'm taking Marvin Harrison. Fuck it. I mean, if we're going to do it, let's have some fun. Puka and Marvin Harrison. I like it, Shuby. So, I know we're all joking around having a good time. But this is smart, what Shuby did. He knows. He knew this is going to be a crazy wide receiver room, right? Crazy. And so, how do you instantly create some of these like combination, like it's going to be a funky draft. You're going to have funky combinations of players. Let's pull Garrett Wilson all the way the heck up. And just like, it's like uh, we're, we're playing, I don't know what, what what's a game, right? Uh, Scrabble or whatever. Like let's throw the, let's throw the chips all out and I'm going to pull one of the top 15 wide receivers and I'm just going to take him 104 and it's going to scramble everything up. Now I got Garrett Wilson and Brandon Ayuk. Is there even a, a Garrett Wilson, Brandon Ayuk pairing in this whole tournament? You know, I don't know. And now, now we're going to get to the third. We're going to get to the fourth and you're going to have the only combination of those four players in this whole big board tournament. This draft is extremely wild. Uh, yes. Beachhead popcorn is correct robert griffin says the 109 is uh, the 109 <laughs> this is the meme right this is the 109 is it's baby steve is the 109 i apologize if you're in here i'm not this i don't mean anything negative um you are <laughs> you are doing the you're sitting back on your couch or, you know, sitting back in your office like we are. He's sitting here and he says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at these idiots. They have they all have badges and they just let me get B. John Robinson and Kyron Williams on the same team. And it's going to come to the third round. It's going to come to the third round and he's going to get eight. Each hand's gone. He's going to say, oh, my God. Saquon Barkley is still here in the third round. Can you believe this? Saquon Barkley is here, and he's going to take him. And he's going to have three dogs. Dogs are ready for Saquon. He's going to he's going to take Saquon and be super hyped to have these three running backs. And then his RB, excuse me, his wide receiver one, you know, is going to be Jacoby Myers in the fifth round, and he's going to be like, what just what just happened? He's going to have the only dead team in this whole tournament. Hey. I don't know if the dogs are liking it or hating it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't even know how, uh, how long the delay is, but I uh, usually appreciate it when I hop in the draft. Uh, not tonight. Not tonight. I'll be honest with you, Ben. What is the Eagles drama? Ben says, what do you think about the Eagles drama? I don't... Uh, I actually don't know. I've been grinding... Um, I've been grinding the heck out of uh, MLB and NBA playoff content on the site. It's all free too. So if you're uh, interested in checking any of that out, get out there on uh, get out. Uh, I would also highly recommend <clears throat> we, we built a new uh, kind of hub for this works. I'll, I'll take Malik neighbors. I'm in on this. I'm in on this. This is this is way better. This is Puka, Marvin Harrison, and Malik Neighbors at ADP. 
this is amazing. Jason says, hey, tell your dog, thanks. My dog just flipped out and knocked over a table from them barking. That is hilarious. Your dogs sound like my dogs. Any little, any little, if they hear another dog or a knock on the door or a doorbell or something that even sounds like any of those things, it's friggin' anarchy in this house. Absolutely anarchy. Amazing. Um, so yeah, so this is kind of working. I thought this was going to be worse with 11 of you in here. So T goes, that sucks. I did really want T. And I don't want Keenan. So I got to decide if I go with, I, I'm going to do Lamar. I am going to do Lamar. Might end up with naked Lamar. Al says, everybody's staying in their lane. Yes, that is nice. That is nice. Damn it. Oh, did, who took who took tea? Oh, no, Wilson. Wilson took tea. Yeah. Especially in this room, I imagine, Steph, because you, you knew if you got tea in this room, you were getting burrow and probably at a really good price. Probably at a really good price. <laughs> no. And the mo <laughs> The moment Al said everybody's staying in their lane, <laughs> it, it all went to shit. Literally, Al, everybody's staying in their lane. Steph, damn it, I wanted Chase. Or I wanted T. I have Chase. Shuby, what the fuck, Ben? Hoosier, you son of a. <laughs> uh, Jonathan says, go solo, Lamar. Yeah, that's what I will think about with Lamar, because I'm obviously not going to be drafting one of the late round uh, Ravens wide receivers, is... Uh, like just some rookie wide receivers. Obviously, I have Marvin, uh, MHJ, and and neighbors, so that's not uh, those aren't going to end up on the Ravens. <clears throat> but we'll we'll think about Franklin, Brian Thomas, those guys, right? Probably not Keon Coleman, but we'll think about we'll think about that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But this is fun. I was I was worried, guys, how this was gonna go. And Jason Beagles, mine are Husky Shepherd mix. So um <clears throat> too smart, too energetic. Drives me nuts. Never ending energy. Does not it could not possibly matter less. How many times I walk them, how much we exercise them, how, you know, um, you know, like, uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is, right. But like mental, uh, stimulation stuff doesn't matter. Training puzzles. No, no, it doesn't matter. They'll go, they'll keep going for days. One of them has been kind of injured. So <clears throat> yeah, two days. Yesterday he was he was like kind of injured, but the 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 night before, uh, woke up at like three a.m. was whining at the bed side of the bed, like something was wrong. So we're like, oh, do you got to go to the bathroom? Whatever, let him out to go to the bathroom, 
and I don't he injured something to where he sleeps on our bed. Only one of our dogs sleep, sleeps on our bed. They we let him on the couches and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he wouldn't go come he wouldn't get up on the bed or he wouldn't get up on the couch. And when he would try, like if he would put his first front paws up, he would like, you know, he'd uh, he was in pain for sure. He was, you know, wincing and uh, making sound like he was in pain. So he injured injured something but they they have so much energy and and they're tough that he's like it's fine you know i'm gonna keep trying i'm gonna keep trying to play and so we're like you know (laughs) trying to do everything we can to uh just keep him calm and relax so he'll get better and then 36 out not even 36 hours uh later uh, before this show they were chasing each other around and he's totally, he's totally fine, but they're, they're crazy. They're crazy. <laughs> That's good. I like that. One. Yeah. Al says, I would stop saying who you like today. That's for sure. In this room. <laughs> yeah. Don't say this word. This if the single most powerful word in my whole household I can't say it out loud. So sorry if you're listening to this on the podcast feed. I can't say it. You got to go to YouTube to figure out what that one is. Yeah. She says it rained here today. So I've been dealing with muddy puppy all day long. And if yours are like mine, they have to go out all the time and they're obsessed with it. So uh, I know that feeling. See, this worked out okay. Fifth round. Kirk goes JSN. <clears throat> so top wide receivers on the board, JSN Pickens nuke. Oof. <laughs> okay. So I have 11% JSN, but none of him with those first two guys. Whereas I'm going to, I'm going to take JSN. And so that's what you see on my screen there. I know it's a little bit zoomed out. But so my four percentages that the draft are our spike week draft hacker. If you're not using very, very, very biased, but highly, highly recommend if you're taking best ball, like pretty seriously, um, because it can show you, these are just the options that I choose to show on my screen. Um, and those options are right. You see four different percentages and you can pick your, their, your color coding and stuff too. But specifically for me, I don't have a big preference between JSN and George Pickens. And so how do I decide between the two of them? Um, these, these handful of percentages that I have here is kind of how I'm personally breaking ties between those guys. So Brian Thomas is here, but I like tight end as well. Oh my gosh, Steph, your, your Wilson is stealing your Bengals here. Uh, I don't have any Dalton Kincaid and I really hate this price. Like really despise this price, but this feels if there's ever a room and a stream to take Dalton Kincaid. I do really feel like uh, like that. But anyway, uh, quickly, my my percentages. First one is uh, my percentage on all tournaments. We call it slate percentage. So this would be the big board, the little board, all the uh, all of the pre-draft tournaments is uh percentage number one percentage number two is in this tournament specifically um so oh no no i lied because i changed this i lied i apologize 
uh, percentage number one is with my first quarterback. So our percentage number two, Jesus Christ, percentage number two with my first quarterback. So you see any percentage number two, do I have those guys with Lamar Jackson in, in this tournament? Um, and you see most of them, I do not percentage number three with my first round pick and then percentage number four with my second round pick. So that's how I like to play. I know you can, you can pack a ton more in here, but um, especially for streaming, it's a little bit easier to keep it, keep it straightforward. Plus a little data overload sometimes if I put too many different things on here, but I really like to, I, that's how I really like to um, use the tool is showing me like a, you know, how much do you have of this guy already? But then how much do you have of this guy with, with certain other players? And that's, so then I, I'm not I'm not only making decisions based on how much I have of that guy, which can be like just because you have a good clip of that guy, you may have zero of him with your first round pick or whatever, you know. So I want to see how much I have of them, but how much do I have of them with the guys I'm currently drafting in in this draft? Is how I personally prefer to use the tool. Plus, obviously, we don't have it up right now because we don't have a schedule. But seeing the you know the correlation the the playoff schedule correlations. Uh, is the uh, that's those are the things that I use the draft decker for the most myself is the player combination exposures and the playoff uh, correlations. Um, Al says, how do I get the draft decker in the description? There is a link to get it is a part of our spike week premium tool subscription. So for $40 a month or $299 per year, you can get access to our premium tools, which uh, the two biggest ones, uh, the one is the the draft hacker and uh, draft IQ, which allows you to look at your uh, portfolio and your exposures. You can see your stacks. You can see those play, see your player combination exposures, right? And and look into, let's look at my Lamar teams. What do they look like? Oh my gosh, I have uh, 100% Zay with Lamar and no Andrews, or I have no Christian McCaffrey on them on my Lamar teams. Um, I find it to be a really, really helpful uh, tool for figuring out where my gaps are. Like I, I want to have, I have certain combinations going back to the very beginning conversation we were having. I want to have certain combinations of players more frequently. I want to have some less frequently. And then I have some that I'm like neutral about, but if I have zero, that's not my target either. Right. And I, I generally find that a lot where you end up with certain combinations you didn't want. Not that you didn't want, you didn't want like at a huge percentage and you end up and you look, you're like, Oh my God, I got 40% of Amari Cooper and JSN together. And there's like no rhyme or reason for it to be happening. You just end up clicking those guys together in a lot of drafts. And so seeing where you need to back off, but also seeing where you need to accelerate a little bit um, using our draft IQ tools. Those are, those are two things. Obviously, I'm using the draft hacker here, but um, I use a ton personally, and it helps me a ton. <laughs> All right. We are into the late seventh, and there is not a wide receiver to be found. The next <laughs> – we're at pick 80, and the next best wide receiver is not until Troy Franklin at ADP 97. All right, let's see here. I got an idea, but I don't know if it will work. 
what's best balling got here? Gibbs. All right. I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. <clears throat> I have been taking a ton of what I'm calling double elite tight end. It's not always like super elite. Like I take, I actually probably my highest exposure coming. <laughs> funny uh my highest exposure combination i think it's probably in joku pits uh of tight ends but i've been taking a ton of double elite tight end in the big board and it's it's funny because i don't think i'll take much double elite when we get to the summer but right now it's a good example of how i'm handling the different uh tournaments a little bit differently as best ball and takes Ingram double taps Ingram and Njoku. So he's clearly on board with, uh, with my strategy there, but I think we should be safe. All right. My plan, that whole plan, why I took pits because I, I didn't think best Ballin or Wilson would take fields. Um, certainly not Wilson. He already, already has two quarterbacks, but then best Ballin, he didn't have anyone necessarily that would pair with fields. And look, I'm just getting hyped on all of these uh, uh, fields to Atlanta rumors. Call me a fool. He's When he ends up somewhere else, I'm happy to hold that L, but I'm getting excited, all right? And we just so happen to be just talking about it in, uh, <laughs> in uh, Hoosier's not happy about me uh, about me taking fields. And uh, Shuby was thinking about uh, uh, the, the field stack. But... I think it's I think it's something I'm about to do. Speaking of the thing we were talking about before, where like not going into your draft necessarily letting the draft come to you, but going in with a plan of attack. I think more so than zero running back, more so than anything else, my plan of attack right now is probably fields to the Falcons and giving me fields plus London plus Pitts or or one of them at least in pretty much every draft I think is my current big board strategy. And just let's just get out ahead of that. If it doesn't happen, it's fine. Like the world is not over. If Justin Fields isn't on the Falcons and I have him with Kyle Pitts, but if I get it, uh, um, that's, that just sounds like fields at this eighth round, like eighth ish round, Justin Fields and Kyle Pitts. And I know this is this draft is not indicative of the Drake London ADP, but so he went in the third round, but like fourth round Drake London, eighth round Justin Fields, and ninth round Kyle Pitts, if Fields lands on the Falcons, is like that makes it move over here, baby. Like, wow. That 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 that's those are the kinds of things I think you play the big board for, right? Like a lot of people are just out here firing away, and that's fine. We're all having fun. But I think that scenario playing out and you having drafted for it is why we play the big board. That and rookies. <laughs> Andrew says you will get I, now I'm mad. This is so true. This is so funny, but also so true. And what I should have thought about, you want to know where, how sick my brain is and where my brain goes to. Remember, I took JSN in the fifth round over George Pickens, and I'm okay with why I did it. But if I had taken George Pickens, 
I would be covered. Andrew says you'll get fields to the Steelers and you'll like it. But if I had taken George Pickens over JSN in the fifth round, I'd be, I, it would be fine. I would have covered that. So now Andrew just taught me that lesson that now on those fields teams, I can take, I'm, I'm about to be overweight Pickens, London, Pitts, Deontay, and Justin Fields in the big board. So if you see me smashing all those guys in drafts uh, moving forward, that's what it is. Jalen Warren. It's shocker that Steph took Jalen Warren. That's not a surprise. <laughs> Al, Al says, you guys took, yeah, we took all the tight ends. You're in a sharp room. That's really funny. Robert Griffin says, I think <clears throat> Kirk Cousins would have been better for Pitt Drake Bijan in fantasy, but Fields is fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, a, a pocket passer who doesn't run uh, and doesn't really take sacks as much uh, as Fields does, I think generally speaking is better for them. But it's not better for, like, I would rather have Justin Fields than, than Kirk Cousins. So it's kind of like I'll give a tick away in Drake London production to get the overall stack, like mega, mega ceiling. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We've officially reached the time where I can start taking running backs. If I so choose. How many wide receivers I have Four. You're going to laugh. I'm taking Mike Williams. I don't think it's absolutely insane that Mike Williams lands on a team with either of these quarterbacks. I also don't think it's absolutely insane that Mike Williams lands at somewhere like Kansas City. Um, and I think uh, I had a good conversation in one of our um, roundtables for the Almanac, which, there, again, also there's a link to that in the description. Uh, with Bernie, with uh, our guy B. Kurt. And he, he kind of turned to me a little bit on Mike Williams. Not like I'm not going to take a big stand personally on, on Mike Williams, but I'm willing to dabble a little bit. Um, you know, we're talking about pass pick 100, Mike Mike Williams. Um, and the <laughs> this is the... This is definitely true. But like you couldn't you see this? Like I feel like I could see this. Maybe I'm just being an idiot. But like I don't know. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem crazy. I'm also not like I got 50% Javante with Fields? No, with who is this with? I can't even remember my own damn percentages. 50% with Marvin Harrison. I have 33%. I'm just gonna take Chase Brown. This is Chase. So Chase Brown. I was I was actively trying to why did I take Mike Williams over Chase Brown in in uh, the ninth there uh, an article that's about to come out from a guy who's incredible and doing work for us uh, and going to be doing work for us in the future doing putting together what a, a little peek behind the curtains nobody knows this except uh, a couple of us at at Spike Week so it's going to be a new series called the Formula Billy Jones uh, is is doing absolutely amazing work and he did this piece uh like i said that's going to be coming out probably as soon as i can get to it after the stream is over uh, about it's the first piece in this the formula is going to be a, a, a 
never-ending series of data-driven um, like research about about best ball, of course, but like how how drafters are attacking best ball. And the first one we wanted to look into because uh, we get to decide what we look into and we're zero RB bros was how uh, people are drafting zero running back teams. And like the surge in the usage of zero running back is pretty apparent to anybody that's been drafting over the last um, three years. But like, let's look under the hood a little bit and like see what drafters are doing even when they are drafting zero running back teams so let's look at the usage of it let's look at when are they starting with their first running back let's look at the types of players they're drafting on those teams etc etc and so like i said that piece is going to be coming out but the the funniest takeaway uh i see you who's your uh the funniest takeaway is jalen warren is the epitome of a zero rb bros like running back. And so, uh, or was last year, he might still be, but he was last year, the epitome of zero RB bros running back. Everybody who likes zero running back loved Jalen Warren. And so Jalen Warren, right? Any player who's drafted in hundred percent of drafts is drafted 8.3% of the time. One on 12. Uh, you know, 8.3% of the time is your, your ownership. If you're drafted uh, in every single <laughs> Uh, sorry, a zero RB person. My bad stuff. I apologize. I apologize. Zero RB a human. Uh, uh, zero RB species uh, uh, loves Jalen Warren. And so last year in best ball mania, Jalen Warren is only drafted 8.3% of the time, right? In total, because that's the most you could be drafted. But he was on like 21% of zero running back teams. Almost triple the rate Jalen Warren was on zero running back teams. Whereas that, so then because he's on all those zero running back teams, right? The, the hyper, the robust running back teams and all that kind of stuff. He's on them less. He was, he was specifically a zero RB humans, uh, target. Jalen Warren was, uh, Hey, don't tell me to relax. I'm very, I'm as relaxed as it gets stuff. Uh, but he, Jalen Warren was this funny example of, we view him as an awesome pick right? Or we, you guys probably do us zero RB humans view him as a, as an awesome pick, but he ends up on certain kinds of teams at a huge rate. And then other, other players, right. End up on zero RB teams at a very low rate. And chase Brown to me is one of those guys as well this year. Now I'm not backing off of chase Brown. Cause I really, really like him. Uh, I think he's a good player. I'm going to keep drafting Joe Mixon's backup like and keep losing, I guess, as Joe Mixon never fails. But uh, uh, Chase Brown, to me, when I'm drafting a zero running back team, feels like the zero RB bros knew Jalen Warren. Uh, So it it was something I was kind of trying to hold off on as I end up taking like a million more of those types of players. Um, don't want a quarterback. I'm taking lad. I gotta get, I gotta make sure and get a couple more or at least one more rookie wide receiver there. I have Marvin Harrison and Malik neighbors and my plan. Uh, so my plan, uh, similar to what the question was, uh, I think Melch asked it with, 
a distribution of positions on zero RB. My plan is to take this team to a two eight eight two structure. And so I'm willing to, like I said, that's why I'm taking Lad there. <clears throat> then we're going to have some fun with some running backs. And I'm going to save one wide receiver bullet uh, or two wide receiver bullets. Uh, not, not, save's not the right word. But, uh, oh my God, Wandale at pick 132. This room is disgusting. Look at, look at how much Khalil Herbert I have. I was thinking about, I'm like, oh man, Khalil Herbert fits really well in this team. Like 48%. Come on, Wilson. Don't do it. Don't do it. Judy. All right. Blake Corum, it is. I have, oh man. How, how I have six, 67% of my Blake Corum is with Puka. 50% of it is with Marvin Harrison Jr. How the hell did this happen? Well, whatever. I don't have any with Lamar. So there we go. There's my first Corum Lamar team. God, every time I draft Blake Corum, it disgusts me. I'm drafting a running back prospect that I really don't like in the, tw in the 12th round because I just inevitably know that he's going to go to the Chargers, and and I want the Chargers running back. It's disgusting. It's just so bad. Uh, Al asked, Thought, thoughts on Quorum? Yeah, I, he's not really my favorite prospect. I don't really think he's awesome. I, d I don't think he's a, a super, super great prospect. He's, like, fine. Like, he's not especially bad at anything he's not especially good at anything i don't think he's too small but he's certainly not too big um he's fine he's okay like it, it's it's all he is yeah yeah uh he's kind of he's, he's more so a plotter uh, i think he's a fine college running back that would require a great landing spot in the nfl to turn into something for fantasy and thus, in the 12th round, when every person and their mother are predicting good landing spots for Blake Corum in the draft, uh, as Andrew says, second round to the Chargers for Corum, question mark. That's kind of what, like, I'm not saying that's the consensus, but the dots, like, everyone can connect those dots. And so maybe that means it won't happen, but that also means, like, it's probably it, it makes so much sense to everyone that Harbaugh would leave Michigan, go to the Chargers, bring Greg Roman in as the offensive coordinator, let Eckler go, not have an NFL running back on the roster, Isaiah Spiller and Josh Kelly, and bring his guy in. He's had Blake Horn for five years at Michigan. They just won a national championship together. He's going to install a more run-heavy game plan. Why not do it with his guy? And so, I don't know. Like I said, I've said this on like every single show. I'm drafting Blake Horam. It is not generally how I like to draft because I don't like to project landing spots. I like to just draft the best players, and I don't think he's the best player. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to also be like so. I don't. I don't want to be like that. 
uh, bro who ignores very clear context that's important also. You know, like you can take that too far as well. You can say like, oh, we can't predict landing spots. And yes, we can't. But we can also be cognizant of the fact that like this one makes a lot of sense. Who I will not draft is Braylon Allen. I'll tell you that right now. Get that one out of the way. All right, let's take a look. See here. Oh yeah, we're getting we're getting to some fun, some fun spots. Speaking of fun, spot was the name of the local skating rink where I'm from. If I had a dollar for every time I went to Fun Spot growing up, let me tell you, I have a lot of dollars. Might not be doing this show. If I had a dollar for every time I went to Fun Spot, rollerbladed, not roller skate, I rollerbladed. That's fun. I don't think it's open anymore, though. RIP to roller, roller rinks. You're back on the clock. I mean, I can't think of a better pick than Tyler Algier. We just built this Falcon stack. Let's put the backup running back from the Falcons on there. Boom. <laughs> I did see. I did. See. Look, I don't like Braylon Allen as a, as a prospect. Don't like is the, the wrong word. He's fine. I think he's overrated as a, as a prospect. Um, but uh, the he's a he's a mutant. I mean, I saw. I, I trust me. I, I've I've been playing Braylon Allen in college football DFS since that pick was around. Since he needed a permission slip from his parents to play college football when he was too young. You know, he was the Kobe Bryant of college football. Like, it, it, trust me, I'm well aware of Braylon Allen and how good he was at least initially at Wisconsin. He has a every red flag though that I you know other than his physical uh you know stature he has like every red flag uh that i really really am concerned about in a in a running back so uh he's not particularly my guy keaton oh boy running back's getting a little thin uh, we're gonna queue up elijah mitchell and just double check the wide receivers and make sure i'm not missing anything no i'm gonna take eli mitchell so uh Mitchell and Algier both actually are good examples of the question. I think it was Shubich's question on the type of running backs you take on a zero running back team where um, I like this blend so far of, of running backs, right? Chase Brown. Uh, so one might say old me would say like, where's your early season production coming from? Chase Brown's is Mixon's backup. Blake Corn is a quorum is a rookie. You don't know what that's going to be like. Tyler Algiers a backup, Eli Mitchell's a backup. And I prefer to do the take the players that I think are the the best running back picks and like I said let the chips fall where they may. Tyler Algier is we're projecting for very little work behind Bijan. We don't know, right? Same thing with Eli Mitchell, we're projecting very little work behind CMC. Maybe they decide to ease back a little bit on CMC to start the season. Maybe Blake Corm does land on the Chargers and he's a starting running back, workhorse running back for the Chargers on, on day one. And maybe Chase Brown's getting a lot more work for the Bengals than we thought. If I go outside of the box of the running backs that I want to take and take the guys I don't want to shield myself from the perceived risk that there is amongst these guys, I'm like, I'm cutting off my nose to spite my face. Like draft the team that you of the types of players that you want to draft. And look, if you don't have great weeks, one through three, four production, 
so be it. But when you do, you have this monster super team. And I would rather find the monster super team than like hedge my team to get, you know, Samaj P Ryan six points per game for the first month. Like that's not helping me. <laughs> that's great. Hoosier says, I took Allen as soon as you said you were not going to. I thought you were playing mind games. No, I have zero. Yeah, I, it was on the screen. You could see I have Z. I have not taken Braylon Allen once. <laughs> Braylon Allen is going to be the quarterback in Atlanta. That would be funny. Let's see here. All right. So got a couple of picks. So let's check the team here. We went with the double elite-ish quarterback and double elite-ish tight end. But obviously, <clears throat> I don't I don't want to build all my zero. And so another good example of drafting in the big board now versus versus, you know, in best ball mania time is this is not a type of a team that I'll be drafting probably in May, certainly not in August. But we have this luxury of so much uncertainty and players that are going to rise and fall so much from their costs right now, right? Like if Blake Corum, when I draft Blake Corum on this team, the the general thesis is, right, that he's a starting running back from day one. When I draft Chase Brown on this team, the general thesis is he's probably way undervalued and he may be the Bengals starting running back in in week one. And so I have the liberty a little bit to deviate from the zero RB course that I will not have in May, June, July, August. And so um, it's just a big, big thing that I think people struggle with, like in the big board versus best ball mania. They are like so different. It's hard to even explain. And But I think that how I'm approaching quarterback and tight end is probably like even the best example of just how different they are. Ooh. Malachi Corley is available. There's one of my guys. God bless running back is terrible. I'm just taking Corley. I don't even want to look at these running backs. This is this is just this is just. If you ever want to know why not to draft a zero running back team, it's because when you get to round 15 of the big board, Keaton Mitchell, Gus, all the Ravens losers are at the top of the queue with Miles Sanders and Rico Dowdle and AJ Dillon. Like what? Yikes. <clears throat> awful, 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 awful. I say all that and I have to take these, some of these scrubs. All right. Come on down for the millionth time, uh, Abana Kanda. I guess I only have eleven percent. I thought I thought I had more. Izzy, this is where on the zero running back team we just got to take some shots, and uh, I think it's fairly reasonable to expect Izzy right now to be the backup to Brees Hall. So.
It's kind of incredible how much longer the big board drafts feel. Do you guys feel that? They feel it's only two rounds. And I mean, we haven't even gotten to the 18 yet. We're only in the 16th round, but it feels so much longer. And you guys are obviously paying attention. But God damn. You wonder why people get burned out. 20 round drafts. Crazy. I do, what I do also like <clears throat> about drafting these zero running back teams right now is I have like a million different late round running backs that I feel like are draftable. Uh, Steph, Steph, Steph is in the chat and we had a good uh, brief, we had, but we had a good conversation yesterday about Evan Hull, um, which tells you about how dis, just broken my brain is and probably Steph's brain too, that we're thinking about Evan Hull on February 28th. But like, I think Evan Hull is draftable here and uh, we may get past the NFL draft, maybe even past free agency and he's not draftable. But right now, Right. Abanakanda is draftable. I think Evan Hull is draftable. Um, a bunch of late or late round running backs are draftable. And there's almost assuredly going to be some of them, or at least, you know, a very small portion of these late round running backs that are like way more valuable when we flip over the cards after the NFL draft. And, and like, like Izzy, who I just drafted, who Steph is drafting like crazy, but it's like, I, I think Izzy is, I thought Izzy was good <laughs> last year at this time <laughs> I was drafting him probably higher. <laughs> I don't know if Steph remembers the, the Izzy uh, big board ADP from last year, but I was probably drafting Izzy before the 16th round uh, in 2023, but I liked him at, right as a prospect. Um, he just landed at, in a bad spot and the draft capital wasn't perfect, but then they brought Dalvin cook in and it was like, you know, it, that buried him because Aaron Rodgers decided he wanted Dalvin cook over the rookie backup. And it is what it is, but now like he has this clean path. He took over the backfield job at the end of 2023. And we have the jets backup running, right? Brees's theoretical backup running back. Going in the 16th round, I mean, I took him in the 16th. He goes later than that generally, an 18th round pick or whatever, uh, because the market un feels unsure and everyone feels unsure. But like, I want to take all those dudes where it feels unsure. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I took tons of Ch Chase Brown. Um, uh, Chase Brown was definitely one of my guys. Like, these dudes, uh, Cody Schrader is my Chase Brown of of this year so he's definitely gonna do absolutely nothing but i'm gonna enjoy it nonetheless here's another guy i'm really trying to get my weight up on chris rodriguez another awesome fit for this team i think uh but here's another like this is there's gonna be a theme here of my running backs probably that i take uh izzy probably the backup running back in a high value situation um so I'm going to take my shot there and I don't have to hit on all these guys, right? Algier, 
back up in a high value situation. Elijah Mitchell, back up in a high value situation. Izzy, back up in a high value, right? You see the, the very quick, the very quick uh, uh, trend here of all these late round running backs. I, lo- I love taking all of these guys. So I say all that and look, I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud of this, but I'm doing it. Did you guys see the Harbaugh, the other Harbaugh hype piece on Rashad Bateman that if he had to predict a breakout player for 2024, he said, it's Rashad Bateman. I decided I was never going to take him again after last year. I was never, I was never going to take Rashad Bateman again after what he did to me in 2023. And I just got, I just got lured back in fish hooked. But really I just needed an eighth wide receiver and I have Lamar. It's a Lamar team and I couldn't help myself, but this is absolutely it. I am, I am a, I am a walking example of Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football. Like these guys, like there's, look at this team. Look at this team. Kyle Pitts. (laughs) Kyle Pitts. Um, The running backs are fine. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mike Williams. Kyle Pitts. Rashad Bateman. I just wrote an article. One of, one of, uh, articles I'm fairly, fairly proud of, but I thought were at least insightful that are supposed to be driving my draft strategy for this season about waterfalls and these guys who have not produced and we should probably just let them be because they showed us that they're not producers. Cal Pitts is not that Mike Wayne. Those guys actually aren't that, but Rashad Bateman might be. <laughs> And, uh, and yet here I am, uh, again, again. Yeah. <laughs> These <laughs> Rashad Bateman's not just a waterfall. <laughs> it's Paulino say he's Niagara falls. <laughs> this is so true. Shuby says, why even draft in February? If you're not going to play the hits, isn't that what everybody, isn't that what the big board is for? Just to lose more money on the same guys we lost money on last year. Who wants to draft Ray Davis, and Dylan Lobb, and Cody Schrader? It's not fun. Let's draft the same losers who, who, who cost us all our money last year. Yeah, God. Too funny. Too funny. I should probably. This dog's tired behind me now. I was just talking about how much energy they have. Lob, I just can't get my brain around lob. <clears throat> we'll have to have a conversation at a later date when it's not in the 19th round of uh, of of this draft. I know, I know, a lot of people I respect are taking Dylan Lob, and I just, I just, I just, I can't do it. 
Um, but I get, I, it's one of those, like, I get, I get it. That production, particularly that receiving, I get it. He's going to be, I think he's going to be a good athlete. We'll see pretty quickly here. Uh, but I think, I think he's going to look like a good athlete, but I just, I just can't, I just can't get my head around it. Um, so I haven't been taking him. I've been taking, you know, I have to, I have to, if I'm going to bring Evan Hall up, I feel like it would be disingenuous for me to not take him. Yeah, I mean, Overzet is uh, very well known for putting shorts out of only the guys who end up being awesome. Ship chasing has never attached themselves to a guy who uh, looked good in college and and flamed out. So definitely, definitely, um, <laughs> Dylan Lobb is uh, the running back Sky Moore. <laughs> uh, all right, we got to take one more running back. Oof. This is a tough scene down here. What? I don't know who this is. What is a Pete Guerrero? Is that the wrestler? Eddie Eddie's brother? Eddie Guerrero? I'm dating myself again. Okay, I do actually have to find a running back here that I would like to take in the next 10 seconds. Where is I I, I liked uh I'm at you you guys are gonna make fun, but I, I kind of like Chris Brooks for uh uh i i don't i don't i don't like frank gore either um yeah garendo but i i assume i, I see a chavo guerrero that's, <laughs> i i'm it, it that this is what this has got to be who the hell is pete guerrero hold on give me a second pete or how do you spell this? Pete Guerrero NFL from Monmouth. Huh. Oh. Okay. I mean, sorry, Pete. I was unfamiliar with your game. Declared for the NFL draft after completing his third season of eligibility. Finished his career at Monmouth as the leading scorer in... Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. This is... Oh, okay. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. He, this is from 2019. This is from 2019. He's... he's this is not... He's not... He might not be playing football anymore. He might be like selling life insurance. I mean, dude, shout out to Pete. Declared for the NFL draft after three years from Monmouth and had 4,000 yards, 2,000 yards uh, as a junior. Like, shout out, Pete. I mean, awesome career. But he's not an in that, like like I said, he, that this dude's, like selling insurance. 
we don't need to be drafting him in bet. Somebody, somebody, somebody's donating a couple shekels. And why is he in the player pool? Did is is XFL DFS coming to? Uh, is he? Is he? John, John says he's in the USFL. All right. Uh, Johnny Football is still in the player pool, of, apparently. So, um, wow. Uh, Chavo Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero's little brother, uh, Pete Guerrero. Don't draft him. Uh, is my takeaway from the last hour and a half that we just spent that we just spent together. My mind is blown. That's hilarious. But uh, thank you guys for joining me. This was a, like a lot of fun, uh, too much fun for drafting a, a fantasy football team on leap day in February. But uh, we'll be back on Monday, drafting another team. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays moving forward, 7 p.m. Eastern is when we will be drafting here on Spike Week. Rob will be with me on Monday. Rob's getting ready to bring back his Sicko Sundays drafts. I don't know if it'll be this Sunday, but it's becoming it's going to be coming very soon. Have another special show. I'm super duper excited uh, to launch very, very soon. And of course, if you are not just an NFL sicko and you're dabbling in the NBA playoff best ball streets or the NB or the, excuse me, or the MLB best ball streets. We've been cranking out myself, especially have been cranking out tons and tons of content uh, in the MLB best ball and NBA playoff best ball almanacs. Those are completely for free on the site. Go to spikeweek.com, go up to the almanac hub and you can get access to that for free rankings. They're downloadable. Use them in your drafts, have fun, Check out the players I like, the players we all like, all that good stuff. Love you guys. This was a ton of fun. I hate my team. I love you guys. We'll see you on Monday. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? If you turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take. Boom. You know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date. That's how you do it. All right. We'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.